Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Robert Hutton is my co-host today, again. Thank you for being here, Robert. Thank you. Good I'm time. so happy to have you here, and we got another great guest. Right. The okay. guests keep rolling in, and that's kind of exciting. Where did you go to college, Deacon? Where did I go to college? I actually went to a couple of colleges. I didn't fit in at one. It didn't take, as they say. Well, the place we're going to talk about now is kind of everywhere, isn't it? It is everywhere. We've uh, It's Catholic Distance University is what we're going to talk about. Well, we have the president here, okay. and she can tell us a lot more about it. Uh, we have Marianne Mount here, and Marianne, thank you for being a guest here on the, in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm delighted to be here. Well, Thank so you're you going to tell us all about CDU, right? Catholic Distance yes. University. But really in the context of understanding uh, how important education is, how important it is, especially as Catholics, uh, that we um, that we learn as Catholics, that we, that we see the fullness of our faith, even in education, uh, not specifically about doctrine and dogma, but also just seeing the world uh, through that beautiful lens that is Holy Mother Church, right? And so, just in general, why is that so important that we that education be framed from this Catholic perspective like that? Well, I think it's important for us to be lifelong learners in our faith, because as you say, the faith is so rich, and uh, we, we have such a tremendous intellectual and spiritual tradition that we are really robbing ourselves if we don't take advantage of many different ways of learning more about our faith. Because when you learn about your faith, it's not like learning chemistry or math or history. It's nothing like any subject because it is life-changing. It is an encounter with Jesus Christ who is God. And um, you will not be the same person after you begin that journey of discovering who God is. And, and I think that's beautiful the way you said that. It's, it, you know, it's not just like studying chemistry. And you, and you may study some of these things at a, at a place like CDU, but the reality is if you understand your faith and you have that relationship with Jesus Christ, that actually informs your entire life and er- all aspects. It doesn't just stay in some little religious compartment. That's exactly right. And and that's also one of the goals of CDU is to really form your mind, your heart, and your conscience so that you are one person making all of your life decisions. You're not going to church on Sunday and being a Catholic in the pew on Sunday morning and then being someone else the rest of the week. This is about forming... We're not supposed to be talking about me at this point, Marianne. <laughs> about it. This, is, this is not the Deacon Jeff hour and all of my sins. No, no you're right. So you, you take this education with you everywhere. You it, do. it transforms who yes. you are because yes. a relationship with Jesus does that, doesn't it? Does it does that. Yes. Beautiful. Very good. Now, so most people uh, will tell you, I'm sure you've heard this many times before, it's like, but I'm so busy. Uh, you know, I've got, uh, I've got these kids. I've got this job. I've got uh, these issues. I've got this, uh, I'm, I'm a, I have to stay at home. There's all these different reasons why we can't go at, down to the local whatever college and, and, and enroll and get one of those little beanie caps and go and get a book bag and a pencil 
carrier and, and go and show up at these classes, right? You hear that all the time, but CDU has a sort of a special way of dealing with that, doesn't it? Well, we do, and I think time is such a challenge today for so many busy adults, and God understands that, and I think the gift of technology has really been uh, the gift of education that CDU offers because through technology we are able to fit into your busy schedule. We say that uh, at an online university we serve the student at the student's schedule, not students serving the institution's schedule by having to be in a class at a certain time in a certain location on a certain campus. It comes directly to you. You know, it's interesting that you would say it that way because that really sounds it like it's it's like it's echoing the words of our our you know uh, uh, the recent popes with this idea of the new evangelization, right? right? And using new methods, new ardor, right. just a, a new yes. way of approaching our faith and, and disseminating the information, but also in receiving the information. And you guys are right at the forefront of all that, aren't you? We are. And um, the, the World Communications Day letters of recent Holy Fathers, um, they are so inspiring. Um, Pope Francis wrote about how the information superhighway, the the internet is really teeming with people who are hungry to learn more um, about God, who are suffering, who are really um, out there needing us to be present to them. And so the internet is such a gift. Um, and uh, anyway, I, as you can see, I'm very, very um, oh, ex- yeah. excited. That's, and that makes, that makes sense. I will say yeah. that the, uh, the internet for so many people, though, it seems like a nemesis, right? It seems like that's where the devil lives, right? And there are so many problems on the Internet, right. and yet we fail to see that the, the Internet itself is amoral. Like It doesn't, it exactly. doesn't have morals. It's a, it's, a, it's a highway. It's an instrument. That's right. And yes. so when someone like you comes along and you've got this wonderful opportunity for people to learn more about having a, a, a very uh, deep relationship with Jesus Christ, especially yes. through education, um, it changes a lot of things, and in your perspective, the internet is a whole different one, right? It does, and you know, there's un- there's evil everywhere, and yes, there is evil on the internet, but there's also evil in a classroom. So it's, yeah, exactly. it doesn't really make sense to kind of pin that on the internet. Exactly. Um, we, you know, like you say, it's really amoral. It's 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 a gift. Right. It's how you use it. Right. Exactly. So, is the whole university online? Do y'all have it a is. physical campus, or is it all? You know is what? It, you know, do you give degrees? And we I mean, do. In fact. Um, I think we are the only Catholic digital university in the whole world. Uh, We were founded to be a distance institution. We started in 1983 as an institute, a catechetical institute, but we never, ever intended to teach students in classes. Um, We did it in those days through the technology of mail. Um, And then in 2000, we went online. Of course, when we started, we knew nothing about the Internet, but it gave us 13 years to learn how to support students at a distance. So we um, became very, very good at doing that. And then when the Internet came along, it, you know, it just blossomed what we were able to do because now our students <clears throat> are interacting with other students. They're in classes with faculty and students talking to each other every day. But it's, it's virtual, right? It's, it's virtual. on their own that's schedule. Correct. That's That's really neat. And <clears throat> it's interesting how um, I know when my kids 
always they want to show me something. They right, yes. right, they bring me say, "Hey, Dad, look at this. Look what I found." And they'll show me something on the internet. It's always like a, a it's like it's a video. It's a it's a blog. It's a and this is how kids are communicating. And really, how I shouldn't just say the kids. I sound like an old man when I say that. We all are actually now starting to spend so much time. Uh, in this integrated sort of virtual online environment. It's so easy, uh, and it really just opens up so many doors, doesn't it? It does. It's very engaging. And, uh, of course, young people live in that world. I mean, right. that's home to them, whereas for us, we say we're digital immigrants. We're not natives. That's right. Uh, yes. But um, it is very, very engaging. In fact, we have to be careful because sometimes it takes up too much of our time. Uh, but it is really a very effective instrument for education. Do you, is it a four-year program? Like, if I, I, You know what? We um, primarily work with adults who have full-time jobs. And so we allow time for them to complete a program or a degree. Um, for example, we're just launching a new MA degree for Catholic educators, and we are allowing them five years to complete the degree. Now, they could complete the degree in two years if they were taking a course every term. We have six terms a year, and you can take as many courses as you want each, at each term, but normally our students will take one course a term. And are these mainly people that want to teach the Catholic faith? Yes, or, they might be Catholic uh, school teachers. They could be directors of religious education. They could be um, medical doctors. They could be business people. Um, they could be mothers uh, caring for children at home. Um, really just about anyone, you know, who's... Wants to learn more about the faith. Exactly. And, uh, and, you know, Catholics are very well educated in their professions. And so frequently they want a more sophisticated program to learn about their faith. They don't want just to pick up a question and answer book. Because they're well educated, they really want a more comprehensive and systematic understanding of their faith. So they're attracted to a degree or a certificate program. And do you find that people um, who are, uh, I don't know, the people who are who are finding you, yes, are these people who are engaged in their faith and they want to know more? Do you find that they're, um, uh, I don't know, they're eager to learn that that there's a world that's hungry out there for all this information? Yes, and frequently um, you'll find students who have been away from the church. And they've had a very um, significant ex- faith experience, and they're starved. They're hungry, right. and they, that's when they come back, and they want to learn as much as they can. And sometimes it's becoming a parent, for example, and realizing, well, you know, wh- what am I going to hand on to my children? And, and what, is, what does the church teach? And why don't I get this, you know? And just there are all, a lot of different reasons that bring people back. Um, or bring them to the university, and maybe they'll volunteer at their parish and realize. Well, you know, j- just w- uh, world events. Yes. Understanding yes. and putting them in context, and and so many people come to me all the time. Will say, yeah, and and I live in the Bible Belt, right? And so <clears throat> I will get people all the time asking questions because yes. there's a lot of Protestants around us, and so we'll mm-hmm. hear people all the time say, "Well, why do y'all do this? And why do we?" Or I'm a Catholic, and I've been Catholic all my life, and I didn't know how to answer these things, and That's that right. will cause them to start to think. I need to know more. Now, yes. you were talking earlier about how flexible you are in terms of, like, let's say the the master's program. If you're you got up to five years for this, or you yes. got uh, you could do it in two if you wanted. And so it's a self paced kind of a deal to within yes. within limits. 
But are there other kinds of programs where someone can just come in and take a class specifically about a specific topic because they want to know more about that topic, but maybe they don't want to get some big degree? Absolutely. Um, I think we really do try to meet the needs of all adults at different academic levels. We have a wonderful non-credit continuing education program, and you can enroll in a course 365 days of the year, 24-7. If it's 2 o'clock in the morning, you decide you want to know something about the Second Vatican Council, go to our website. I find myself click, doing click, that click. all the time. At right? the Second, yeah, it's 2 in the morning. It's a, I either want a bowl of ice cream or I want to know more about the, the Second Vatican Council. Either I can't get the ice cream for you guys, but I can find out <laughs> about Vatican II, right? That's right. Yes. Or maybe you want to know something about uh, American church history or, um, you know, how can I be a catechist? Um, But all these courses are, they're really, I call them on-demand courses. You know, you can roll, put your money in, click, 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 and you work through it. It's all, you can do your self-testing and... Awesome. Um, very, it's, they're very popular. Well, we're going to find out more about this uh, uh, this this online education world. Yes. That so many we've heard about. We're going to find out more details uh, when we get back right after this break. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we will be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski. And this is another great moment in church history. Throughout history, God's faithful have experienced the spiritual benefits of pilgrimages. Because man is both a physical and spiritual being, God works through the created world, using things and places to help his people obtain a deeper intimacy with him. We see in the Gospel, Jesus curing a blind man by rubbing mud and spittle into his eyes, and a woman being cured by touching the hem of Jesus' garment. In the Acts of the Apostles, people longed to touch merely the shadow of Peter, recognizing that it was connected to someone holy. Garments, shadows, and even mud, all ordinary things are used by God to convey special grace, because of whom they have touched. Places have also been treated throughout history with reverence. In the book of Exodus, Moses was told by Yahweh in the burning bush to remove his shoes because he was standing on holy ground. In the Old Testament, faithful Jews would make pilgrimages to Jerusalem to offer Passover sacrifice at the temple, as the temple's Holy of Holies was viewed in a special way to manifest the presence of God himself. At least from the 4th century onward, it was popular for Christians to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, to walk where Jesus walked, see the place where the Lord was crucified, and be present at the place of the resurrection. Pilgrimages in ancient times were arduous. It took months to travel from Europe to the Holy Land, with great risks of robbers and other hardships. In the Middle Ages, with the Holy Land being in Muslim control, Christians making the pilgrimage at often times would face death or enslavement. Today, pilgrimage is still popular as a means to strengthen one's faith. Millions travel to places throughout the world where Mary, mother of Jesus, has appeared to faithful, such as Lourdes, France, Fatima, Portugal, and Guadalupe, Mexico. These faithful travel on pilgrimage to ask Mary, mother of Jesus, to intercede for their healing or their spiritual growth. And of course, 
people are still making pilgrimages to the Holy Land. There is a grace that comes from a dedicated journey to a sacred place. With all of its struggles and hardships, the act of undertaking a journey for God helps the pilgrim further his interior journey. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Robert Hutton. Robert, we got a great guest. We're, we're learning a lot here. In our- we, we do. And, you know, I had a question for Marion. Marion, I've been saving a lot. of. I've got four kids. And I, want the, I always, as a Catholic parent, want them to go to Notre Dame or Catholic U. And so I've been trying to scrimp and save a lot of money to send them. Uh, one thing I just is, I know you have an online university I guess there's a gut level. I, I just doesn't seem the same as sending them to Notre Dame. Could you explain? Is that yeah, uh, online versus yeah. on campus? Yes. You know, you know? Yes. Well, I, I would like to put an uh, a, an option out to you. We have an online associate's degree in liberal arts with a concentration in Catholic studies, and I think it's a great option for parents to um, enroll their young <coughs> daughter or son. Uh, to do that program online, it will give them a very good foundation in Catholic teaching and then have them transfer to Notre Dame or Catholic U or Belmont Abbey. So you can, um, you're flexible that way exactly. as well. So you ground them um, at a very vulnerable age, I think, um, 18, 19 years old, um, in Catholic teaching and doing it online requires discipline. They're still in a home environment. So then when they do go to the college campus, they're well-educated in their faith and they're more mature. And you will save half the cost of four years at oh, some yes. very expensive Catholic institutions. Well, for institutions. people like Robert, money is no object. That's not even an issue. <laughs> well, poor kids, Deacon. It's still you're, quite you're expensive. Right. You're, ex- you're exactly right. But, yes. But, but, uh, but fundamentally, th- there are going to be differences in people how, how people learn. Absolutely. Right? Especially like something like um, anything, the religious education, the, the faith life. Is, are there advantages to doing it online versus doing it in a classroom? Um, yes. I, I, I do want to comment on your, your first point about different types of learners. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that um, online learning can adapt to any kind of a learner. But um, generally, um, I think introverts tend to flourish in an online setting because online um, everyone has to participate. And um, there isn't that barrier, potential barrier of being physically unattractive or feeling that you are or, or standing being up in an a room introvert. in front of everybody with your knees exactly. knocking. Exactly. Or you, you know, you know, speech impediment it, or something. Or that not. You, and uh, even, you know, shyer people, yeah. if you notice in a class, at least it was my experience when I was in class, the extroverts dominated. Oh, yeah. One or two. One or two. Wasted a lot of our time. Not necessarily all the time, but... Um, there were some very, very smart, insightful people in the class who never said right. a word. Now, that doesn't happen in an online class. Um, another advantage is that you can choose the time when you want to do your class. If you're better at night, if you're an early morning person, you can do that. Another wonderful thing about our technology is that you participate in discussion um, through posting and through writing your contribution you can edit it before you put it out there. So you 
you can think through and perhaps change uh, how you phrase what you want to say. And you can read what other people have written and think about it for a couple of days before you put it out there. So the quality of the dialogue and the interaction is so much richer than yeah. what you're getting in a class most of the time. Now, I don't want to say that you don't have very wonderful discussions in class. You do. But it, the quality is probably not uh, as deep. That's more spur of the moment, maybe. And, Correct. Uh, right. And, and it in favors the, the extrovert. That's right. Yes. More and another. Refined that's right. And, online. you know, and another uh, point about learning styles is that if you're in a class, that favors an auditory learner. And in an online class, we have the professor's lecture that is auditory. It's, you know, you can listen to the professor. Then we also have PowerPoint slides, so you have graphics, and then you can just click and have a transcript of the lecture. So you can take that lecture. Awesome. At, yeah, and go over. Or replay it. Could you repeat Over and over. You can download the professor's audio files onto a CD and listen to it in the car. You can go running with it. Um, so we really try to serve a variety of learning styles. You know, and interestingly, you mentioned the professors. This would distance learning affords you the opportunity to have some very unique and gifted professors who aren't necessarily going to be able to come to some campus That's and reside right. there, right? Yes. So they can do these things. Even even they can be distant and still exactly. reach into the hearts and minds of the people right. Uh, online. Right. In fact, our <clears throat> our former graduate dean, Dr. Robert Royal, used to travel a lot. And he would frequently be teaching from very exotic places in the world as long as there was an Internet connection. Right. We have a course on the um, evidence for God through physics and science, and that was done by Father Robert Spitzer. So um, we're able to attract some very prominent faculty, as you say, who are not having to come to a campus. Right. That's and interesting. they can teach well, too. I mean, yes. I, I mean, I remember at the university that I went to, we had a lot of good academics that, had, you know, one won a Nobel Prize, but he was dry as dirt. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't right. really good with the teaching. So this way, I guess you try to get people that can really engage through the Internet. We do, and um, I'm glad you mentioned that because teaching an online class is very different from teaching in a class, and there are faculty who really do not want to give up the class. They're the sage on the stage, right. yeah. um, but our faculty are more um, facilitators. They're present uh, every day, and they're able to bring out ideas and guide discussion um, it's very important for our faculty to be present to the students, to make them feel like there is someone there, really a click away, answering questions, um, giving further directions, insight. And a lot of times our, fa our students will say they had much more attention at CDU than they ever did in their traditional programs. Uh, that sounds awesome. So very flexible in terms of uh, is it very self-paced, but you design your own thing. You can dip in and do a little bit of this, mm -hmm. or you can get all the way into that. You know, you, it sounds like it's a, it's a perfect answer for a lot of folks, and so people should look into that. Uh, and right now maybe is a good time just to get contact information. How, yes. do we, how do we find out more if they, people are interested specifically in CDU? Most people find us through the web, and our website is www.cdu.edu. So all you really have to remember is cdu.edu. Very right. simple. And uh, we also have a toll-free number. And um, I'm thinking that's uh, eight, 
I think it's 888-254-4238, which is for CDU. Okay, so, very good. Yeah. Very good. So that's the contact information. Yes. And uh, now... I know that because this thing is so flexible, you've been doing it for a little while, you probably have some good stories. You had told me uh, something about um, a guy in a prison. Now, I know you weren't able to do online there because of the regulations, federal regulations in prisons and uh, Internet access. But still, the concept of what you all were able to do for this for this person. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yes. Actually, um in Catholic inmates found us before we found them back in 1984. We were doing correspondence education, and um, they frequently will have Catholic um, magazines donated to the prison. And so we were advertising in Catholic Digest, and so some of those inmates wrote to us and asked if they could take correspondence courses, and uh, we were very happy to provide them with uh-huh. courses. And what we have done is, over the years, we work with prison chaplains, not necessarily Catholic, but right. frequently Catholic, and we ask the chaplain to give a recommendation to someone in the prison who would make a very good evangelizer, someone who could teach, right. so that we are really educating and empowering uh, inmates who can then be a Catholic presence in the prison because there really are not enough priests to serve um, the incarcerated church. And this way, we are preparing leaders within the prison community. And so we were probably, we might be the first university to award master's degrees to very, very talented inmates. That is awesome. Yes. In fact, we've had a couple of graduates who are incarcerated who've been published in very respectable theological journals. Isn't that beautiful? Some of our most gifted students have been incarcerated. That is uh, really uh, an an interesting uh, concept. You know, Robert, you know the etymology of the word, like the penal system, right? Penitential and and changing and being transformed. Well, even a Uh, cell, the the prison cell comes from the cell like a little bit of heaven, you know. That's right. And so that's beautiful to see see that at work there. Now, also, I I think that there was uh, an encounter with somebody in Australia, uh, an Anglican. Is that right? Father Stephen? Yes, Father Stephen Hill. Um, And Father Stephen came to us as an Anglican priest and uh, enrolled in the MA program and it was very transformative for him and um, he and his parents flew from Brisbane to Virginia for our annual academic convocation mass which we offer to our students if they want to go through a graduation right and the day of the mass he shared a letter from the Vatican congregation for the clergy uh, that they had accepted him uh, oh. to study for the Catholic priesthood. And he is now the first priest for the Anglican Ordinariate in Australia. That is right. so beautiful. Yes. So you guys were part of that whole yes, process. Yes, That is so neat. Mm-hmm. That is awesome to hear that and uh, just to know that this is going on. We're so thankful that you would spend some time here in the Luxurious Corner booth. Well, thank you very much for having me. Let's close in prayer. Well, yes. again, we'll ask Our Lady for her intercession. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Hail Mary. Full, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.